Hey, welcome into the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm here with just Jordan tonight, but how are you doing tonight, bud? Dude, I'm doing great. We've had football this weekend. We got some football going right now, the Monday night game. Uh, you know, football's great. Injuries suck, though. This is, uh, that's... There's been some rough ones this week. That's just uh, that's that's kind of the story of week one, honestly. I mean, some big names went down. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, we we just lost Aaron Rodgers a little while ago. We don't know how bad that is. Uh, it, there's speculation that it's an Achilles injury. He had X-rays on his foot. And we and ankle, and we know that nothing is broken. That's the extent of what we know right now. So, uh, if you're listening to this tomorrow and more news has has already dropped, then sorry, uh, you have more up to date info than we do because this we're recording this Monday night during the game. So, um, and hopefully then, we hear good news on that one, though. Hopefully, I mean, it, it could it the the you know the best case scenario is it's just kind of like a high ankle sprain and it's not very bad and. You know, maybe he misses a couple weeks, but he comes back in place. Yeah. So. We also, uh, you know, did lose J.K. Dobbins to an Achilles tear. Yeah. And that one, that one hurts so bad. I was so ready for him this year, and I was so excited for him. And it's just, he looked like the bell cow. He looked like he was the one for that team. He was waiting on that contract, and then just to suffer something like this in year four is, I mean, it's so hard. It's going to be, I mean, we've seen players come back from it, but not really come back from it, you know? I just, yeah, it's it's awful. It really is. I feel for the dude, like, um, you know, but, I mean, as far as fantasy goes, it also sucks because you used, you know, some reasonable draft capital on J.K. Dobbins and, um you know, uh, Ritter in our league kind of reached on him a little ahead. And, you know, so maybe he was your guy this year. A lot of people were, were really high on Dobbins and uh, he looked the part until the injury happened. So that it was it was really a bummer to see. Um, so I turned down so many trade offers from Zach for Dobbins. So many trade offers. And not that I regret it because you never know this is going to happen, but that hurts a little. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it does hurt a little bit. Like you just get, you know, I was, I was set on, I mean, Zach was too. He wanted him. Like we both, you know, felt the same way and it's, it's tough to see, you know, a player like that go down. Um, you know, there was, you know, and then uh, Deontay Johnson also, you know, hamstring injury, not really sure what's going on with that one. Um, haven't had a lot of news come out yet to the extent of what it was. Uh, did leave and was ruled out pretty fast from the game, actually. Um, so got to keep an eye out on that one, see what's going on there. Uh, we also had Aaron Jones leave the game with the hamstring injury. But from what I heard, um, his isn't too bad. And there was a chance that um, he could have came back in the game. It was just over by the time you know they really needed him. Um, and then it was over by the time they needed him by, no. uh, to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, he, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was by like, the time he was, by the time he was cleared to come back and play because you know? they needed him early in the game and he was there tearing it up. He had a great game before that injury. Oh, so. he was a monster in that uh, game. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know, hopefully that's all good and he can continue because he played great. He was a, a target for, you know, Jordan Love, who also played phenomenal in that game. Yeah. Um, you know, he looks every bit what, you know, I think all Packer fans hoped he would be. Uh, so, you know, he, he's doing great on that one. But um, we also had the news of Eckler come out today of the ankle injury and he may not be available for practice this week. So, you know, that's something also to keep an eye on. Um, he does have an ankle injury. I didn't, I missed that. Yeah. It came out today that he has, has an ankle injury and they're not sure if he's going to be practicing at all this week. Um, so, you know, that with already with the way uh, Josh Kelly was running with that offense, if, for some reason, Eckler missed the week. I mean, that's that's huge. And Josh Kelly would be almost an immediate start to me. Yeah, smash um, start. You know, with with that with that offense and how they play. I'm not sure who the Chargers play next week, but you know, it's almost a guaranteed. Just put them in your lineup. I mean, they ran for over 200 yards combined, so that's you know they, that shows they have some confidence in him. Um, uh, what do you think of Tyreek Hill this weekend? Man, uh, he's just uh, he's completely unstoppable. Like nobody can do anything about it. And he might hit 2000 yards, which is he said that's his goal. Well, he's on pace for 3000. So uh, I think he can do it. It's insane. It's it's they, he separates so far from everybody and just. He makes some of the like best corners just look like they're nothing, but he made the corners this weekend. Not that they're the best corners. I mean, JC Jackson's not, you know, terrible, but he made them look horrible. Like they just he had him turning around and like he was it was nuts. 237 air yards, I think I saw. Um, you know, it's just he had 211 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I can't remember what the list was, but there was like a massive list of like some top wide receivers all combined and he had more receiving yards than all of them, um, <laughs> you know, chase Higgins, you know, all those guys on there. And it's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We so. had some real duds this week. I mean, weird, weird stuff happens in week one. Like I'm not Tyreek Hill going crazy is not weird, but like the last time somebody had this big of a week one, it was Sammy Watkins and he did nothing the rest of that year. That was with the chiefs, I believe. Yeah. That's um, just Sammy Watkins. He didn't, we, yeah. He didn't play well team. again until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it was, it was a huge game and that's not an outlier. Tyreek Hill is that good. And we already knew that, but like, there was some other stuff that that you just have to chalk up to week one weirdness. Um, you know, T. Higgins, for instance, having eight targets and no catches and giving you a donut like that's it's not going to happen very much. You know, it's it was painful. He, he's he's <laughs> had some really dud games and it can't happen, but they usually don't come with eight targets, though. None of those targets were anywhere near him. Um, you know, almost every single one of them was on the sidelines, way out of bounds, totally uncatchable over his head, like different things like that. Like he wasn't getting to those balls. So, uh, it's not that T Higgins was terrible and you should not panic on him because of a bad week one. Uh, we see lots of guys have a a bad week one or see no targets in week one and then bounce back. You know, Justin Jefferson took two weeks to get going as a rookie. So you certainly don't want to worry about a rookie or a sophomore player who had a bad game. Like I think people kind of overreacted on sky Moore a little as bad as he was on Thursday, but 
he was out there running all the routes and uh, you know, he still plays for Pat Mahomes and things might really open up with Travis Kelsey for him. So he was, you know, he was getting a lot of offseason hype and I don't think you give up on a, a young guy like that because of bad, one bad game of football. So Kadarius Tony is a different story. Yeah. Kadarius Tony is a different story. <laughs> I, Unfortunately, I would, I would, I would, he's done for me personally, but I'm considering cutting him from a dynasty roster. Yeah. It's that bad. Um, now this one, I'm sure you're pretty happy to talk about though. This is your boy, Anthony Richardson. Let's go. Yes. I mean, he was great. He, he was... did. He, he made the one mistake, the, the interception. Um, That's fine. You know, he doesn't even need to be as good as he was passing, considering that was his first NFL game. He was he had a great day passing, um, you know, through a touchdown, had an interception. Not a big deal. Uh, you know, he you got to give him some some room to learn and he's going to make some mistakes here, especially in his rookie year. But the rushing man, like he, he got a rushing touchdown. He ran 10 times for, I think, 40 yards. Um, that's exactly what I want to see. Like if he runs 10, to, if you know, if he runs for 40 yards on average and scores a touchdown every other game, he finishes as a top 10 quarterback. It's just that easy. You know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't really matter what he does passing if that's what he does running. Yeah. So um, he's he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. That's that's what's going to happen. And I'm glad I was telling people that ahead of the ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope some people listen to me and went, you know, what? I'm going to take a shot. I did, and I I benched him week one. I'm gonna be I honest. benched him in one league. I played him in another, but I was like, eh, I'm gonna maybe not do this week one, and that was a mistake. I went with Goff, and Anthony Richardson outscored him on the week, so yeah. I won't be making that mistake again. I'll be starting him the rest of the way in any leagues I have him. Yeah, I do worry, um, because you know he already got a little banged up. Luckily, it's not anything serious. It's just a knee bruise. He should be fine. He might be limited on Wednesday or something in practice, but it's nothing to really worry about. Um, but the way that he runs and he he never slides and he doesn't protect himself at all, it's a little worrisome. Did you hear what uh, Lawrence uh, told him after the game? Was that he went up to him after the game and you know told him you know great game, you played awesome, all that stuff. He was like, but protect yourself more he's like these hits are not like college you feel them a lot more and you're gonna hurt yourself if you don't protect yourself like that was what he told him in the handshake after after the game so you know and it's true you know you can take those hits in college you're usually not taking the hits by the same size guys but you start taking you know hit after hit like he did when he bruised his knee eventually you're going to be missing some games because of it so they stack up yeah, so, you know, just a quick update here, too. Jordan Whitehead just got his third interception off of uh, <laughs> off of uh, Josh Allen. Three interceptions for Josh Allen today, all by Whitehead, which that's is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, so that, that's pretty nuts. The Jets' D is, their, their secondary especially is really good, although their D-lines looked really good as well. Like, Josh Allen's been pressured a lot tonight. Uh, I, I think they do have a couple sacks already, so... Um, yeah, I really wonder Jets what this game good. would have been with Rodgers because it's a 13 6 game with Zach Wilson. Like, oh, I would have loved to see what this game could have been. I um, think with Rodgers, it's a lot more, it's you know, maybe 2013 Jets right now, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, 
you know, after Brees had that 85 yard run, they went oh, yeah. five yards. You yeah, know, no, they, Aaron Rodgers is scoring yards. on that drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the tough part. But all right, well, let's move into a uh, segment, uh, you know, trend or defend. Is this a trend or are you going to, you know, defend what it is, what what happened, why it happened the way that it did? So let's let's lead it off with uh, Burrow. You know, this weekend, rough game, rough passing game. I mean, Chase had a horrible game. Higgins had a horrible game. Like, they only scored three points. What was it? What, is it the injury? Are you worried about it in the next couple of weeks? Or do you think it was just the weather and also, the you know, the Browns defense came to play? Uh, I think the weather was a factor. I think the Browns defense is is a good defense. Um, so I think that was a factor. But I think the biggest factor is what I've been hearing a lot of people talk about right now, which is how down scoring is from all these teams that rested their quarterbacks. Uh, if you don't play your quarterback in the preseason, it turns out that they're a little rusty come week one and week two. So uh, there is a downside and this has been trending more and more over the last few years. And so um, I think by the time we have data from next year and we like we saw 51 touchdowns, I think, yesterday from the offense and the year before it was in the 70s. So, wow. OK, yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Scoring's is way down this week. So uh, I think that's more what you chalk it up to is a little rust from the offseason, not playing in the preseason. Um, the weather, the defense, there's a lot going on there. There's there's no way Joe Burrow is that bad of a passer. He just got a huge contract because we already know he is that good of a passer. So um, he's proven it time and time again, and I'm not worried. And I'm not worried about any of the weapons either. Like, this was a bad agree. game. You just you brush your hands off and move on. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I mean, we saw the targets. Like you said before, though, it was... They, they just weren't catchable targets. I think the weather did play a little factor in it. We know he's going to be fine. You know, yeah, maybe next week, you know, if you have another option and a dynasty team or something like that, you temper expectations, but he is going against a pretty soft, I believe they play the Ravens. They're, they're secondary. I mean, even Houston kind of, you know, they were throwing the ball decent in that game with a rookie. I, I think Burrow might be okay in that one, but I'm I'm curious to see, you know, I, I'm probably I have him in Dynasty. I'm probably still going to roll him out, um, but it was a little worrisome to be honest. Uh, just with Week One, I, I was more worried that it was kind of the injury. But when you go, I went back and I watched some of the game and and some of the throws and stuff, and I just I I really think that it was the Browns just came to play in that one. So they did. They absolutely did. Um, you know, I. When you have a quarterback like Burrow who doesn't really run for much, you can always consider a streaming option when he's not playing all that well. So I think, you know, we're going to name a couple names later and maybe if they have a favorable matchup uh, next week, then maybe I would play them over Burrow next week just to give him a little more time to shake off that rust and get in uh, a rhythm with this offense. You know, he was... He was also injured, so it's not like he just didn't play in the preseason games. He was also missing practice during that time. So, you know, he's, he may take a little time. He might not play that well the first couple weeks, and that's okay. He's going to come back to form. This wasn't a major injury or anything, so there's not there's nothing that should worry us going forward. It's just uh, a little rest and, you know, a little lack of uh, of chemistry not carrying over from missing all the practice in the games, so. 
would you start because like in our 10 in one of our leagues we have one that's a 10 team league and it's one qb so Tua may have been on your waivers he's obviously yes. gonna be a pretty big pickup but um he plays new england next week who just held philly pretty well would you play burrow or would you stream Tua against new england burrow does play the ravens uh, I would, I think I'd play Tua. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting. It's just Tyree Kill. I mean, it, New England it, has a good defense, but yeah, Tyree yeah. Kill is unstoppable. And when Tyree Kill's out there, what are you going to do about Jalen Waddle? Because you're, you know, you're trying to bracket Tyree Kill. You're failing already, and you know, and then Jalen Waddle is insane in his own right. And uh, and they got some other weapons there too who don't look half bad. I mean, Raheem Mostert was great, got a touchdown. Um. Uh, they got an, another wide receiver there who played really well too. Um, I can't think of the name. Uh, Craycraft, Cr- River yeah. Craycraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a nice little game too. So, um, yeah, they've they've got some weapons there. Garrett Wilson's good at football. I just wanted to say that. Oh yeah, he is. He just that touchdown was incredible. Very nice. And now um, we have a tie game with no Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, oh, yep. Yeah, we do. All right. Um, okay, let's talk about the Falcons now. They continued the trend and only had 18 pass attempts. Drake London played 94% of snaps, did not catch a pass. How worried are you about all of the pass catchers for this team? Well, I'm not worried about the running backs. <laughs> I'm very worried about the pass catchers. I uh, I just don't think the volume is going to be there for anybody. So while you're going to have some nice games here and there from Drake London, from Kyle Pitts, just because these guys are talented and they can get it done with a, a very limited amount, that's not going to be what consistently happens. I think we're going to see a lot of games where Drake London is only catching a few balls and the Falcons are still going to be alive in these games. They run the ball very well. They have, uh, you know, already maybe one of the best runners in the league in Bijan Robinson. I know it's early, but we we know how it is at the running back position. You know, youth is king uh, to go with volume and he's going to, he's, he's going to have plenty. So, uh, you know, him and Algier are both both look like they're playable. They're going to run the ball like crazy. They, they have a pretty good defense, it looks like. And they play in a really crappy division. So um, they might be able to win doing that. And if they're doing that, they're not going to change anything. So I worry about London. I really worry about Pitts. Um, I know he did more than London in this game, but he just, you know, ever since his rookie year, things just have not trended in the right direction. So I was steering clear of him in draft season and I don't really own any Kyle Pitts, but I do own a little bit of Drake London and it feels like uh, I'm not going to even be confident putting him in my flex most weeks. And that's a bummer. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to hurry and like trade all of my shares of Drake London because I do think he's a talented player and talent wins out a lot. And if, you know, if something were to change in this offense and his volume were to go up, I think he'd be great with it. So um, that that possibility always exists. And you don't just like cut bait on some of these guys who, you know, are are good players. So um, 
I might uh, I might stick it out with them a little bit in especially in deeper leagues or dynasty leagues or things like that. I'm not cutting bait on Drake London um, in like a shallow league. Like I have a work league that only has eight teams and at in that league, I might cut him like, yeah, I'll, I'll, it depends who I am able to get on waivers. But in that league, I may cut him because everybody's team is stacked. My team is stacked. I don't need Drake London in that league. And if there's a better option out there on waivers, I'd, I'd pick him up. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Let's touch base a little bit on the Houston and uh, Baltimore game. So a couple things in this one that stood out, the Damian Pierce um, getting 11 carries. I think this was more game script than anything. I think they fell behind pretty early. But it also worries me that that could be the norm for the the season. Um, You know, Singletary had seven carries, but only for 15 yards. Are you... Do you think that they didn't play Pierce later on because of it being out of touch? Or do you just think they're going to pass more? I mean, I definitely think they want to get the rookie quarterback going as much as possible. Um, So I think, you know, they're trying to let Stroud get the hang of things, getting a rhythm out there. Um, I think volume will increase over the course of the season. And especially if they can start to put together you know, a couple wins, which maybe they don't necessarily want to do. But, um, you know, I think think if they can find themselves in some games, you're going to see Damian Pierce's volume be be uh, very heavy with with uh, CJ Stroud back there as the rookie quarterback. You know, when they're in a game, they're probably not going to want to rely on that rookie quarterback when it's possible not to. So uh, he's going to have some good games, probably some in- inconsistency, which is what we tend to see a lot with a lot of skill players when they have rookie quarterbacks. So I just think that's kind of to be expected. But, um, you know, he could still have a really good end to the season uh, if if CJ Stroud's figuring things out. So uh, I would hold on. I think there's better days ahead. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So, But what about... This is another guy you've been super high on pretty much all offseason. Um, Zay Flowers coming out and had 10 targets. I mean, Wheel, that, that was huge. Wheels up. Like, he's, yeah, take off. Zay Flowers is going to be a star in this league. Um, just go watch what he did. Like, that's that's all you have to do. Just go watch his highlights from that game. Go watch those 10 targets. And you're you're going to say the same thing that Zay Flowers is going to be a very good player in this league for a long time uh, as he long had, as he stays he healthy nine, so. yeah he had 9 of Lamar's 17 completions yeah he's it, it's a huge target share i think it's the most a rookie's ever had in their first game as a wide receiver um just absolutely insane target share over 40% um and he's he he did work with them, you know. <laughs> he didn't he didn't just catch you know ten targets for a really low a dot or anything like that. Like he you know he he had a great game. So I think he's going to continue to improve on that. And I think Zay Flowers is is that dude. Agreed, agreed. Um, and he's 
he's probably not out there, but if you're in a shallow league and it's casual players and they don't know the rookies that well or anything, and, and he's somehow out there on waivers, um, you know, like I, I've got a league where Jordan Addison's out there on waivers. It's that, you know, in a shallow league, we're talking like, go look for these guys. Just go see if any of these rookie wide receivers are out there. Uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was injured during the offseason. So maybe he fell in a, in a shallow draft or something like that. Just just go take a peek. If Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison or Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston, if any of those guys are out there on waivers, go grab them. Yeah, we saw Mike Williams get banged up and QJ immediately step into the role. I mean, he had a, a deep target for, you know, a touchdown. I mean, this it, it could be, you know, big, um, you know, if he happens to anyone happens to go down or anything like that. So something to keep an eye on as well. So um, let's talk about the Jags game, Jags Colts. Uh Something that surprised me uh, significantly was that Zay Jones was in two wide receiver sets and it was not Christian Kirk. Kirk was their leading receiver last year and then immediately is not in, two, you know, the two wide receiver sets. Is that surprising to you or like what, what do you see in that? It's definitely surprising. I mean, it's not surprising that they want to use Christian Kirk in the slot because he's a great slot wide receiver. And so use in three wide receiver sets, putting him in the slot is totally fine. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to take him out in the two wide receiver slots. But Zay Jones is not a slouch either. Like he's a good wide receiver in his own right. And so I'm surprised to see him playing ahead of Christian Kirk. But if if the coaches continue to play it that way then zay jones is a good play like you can you can flex zay jones any week yeah i i it's totally shocked me but i could yeah i would definitely it, he should be he's available in quite a few leagues i i think he's only owned uh, what i saw was like 36 percent of leagues so you know he's available in quite a few leagues and i think that is mainly because most people thought it was going to be ridley and kirk um and so, you know, Jones went undrafted. I mean, another huge thing that we can talk about on, you know, this game was Ridley had a monster game. It was yeah. what we wanted to see, but it was even a little bit more than I expected it to be, um, to be, to be honest. Um, you know, what do you, uh, do you think this is a fluke? They just wanted to get him involved or do you think it's just even more wheels up for, for Ridley? from here on out um you know i mean maybe they wanted to highlight him as as that off-season acquisition um but i i mean obviously he still has it so it's fine like whether this was just game plan or whether this was just you know how things worked out i'm not really concerned either way i think ridley's gonna be great uh you're gonna probably be starting him every week um with the Zay Jones, Christian Kirk thing, like I, I think Zay Jones is worth it to pick up and see if that trend continues. But I don't think I would drop Christian Kirk if I didn't have to. Like if there was somebody great on the waiver wire, sure. But um, I don't I think he's just as good to hold speculatively for at least one more week as most of the guys you're going to grab on the waiver wire in any deep leagues. So. I would not just drop Christian Kirk. If you can hang on for another week and just see how this shakes out next week, that'd be a good idea. I think Yeah, it's weird stuff can happen in week one. So, you know, you don't want to just, you know, like you said, Christian Kirk was their 
wide receiver one last year. Mm-hmm. He was, and he was great, and he was great before that, and that's why they got him, and they pay him a lot of money. So they usually, you know, you usually say follow the money, and if you're following the money, Christian Kirk should be a lot more involved. So maybe, maybe wait another week on him. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Bucks and Vikings game. Um, this was an interesting all-around game. I mean, Baker Mayfield really didn't have a terrible game. He didn't look great, but 173 yards, two touchdowns, got the win. Um, Madison was very inefficient on the ground, 11 carries for 34 yards, but I think that plays a lot into just that Bucks defensive line is great. Um, it is. You know, what do, what do you take? What were your big kind of takeaways from this game? Um well, the Vikings are going to be pass heavy. We knew that, you know, I mean, well, I guess we didn't really know. Um, we thought they would be pretty pass heavy, and it seems like they're going to be. Um, now, whether that was totally a product of just how they want to run things and Madison continues to have a low carry count like this, I don't think so. I think those numbers probably move up closer to 15, and then you're probably a little happier. And he's going to continue to see some targets as well in this, uh, you know, uh, high passing volume offense. Um, Addison looked really good. I was happy to see that. But um, I'm not too worried about Madison. I don't think. How how are you feeling about it? I'm a, I I'm mean, not. we're both Madison owners. I have him in a dynasty. He's not. I don't necessarily like need him to work out, but it would be nice if he did. So I'm not worried at this point. I just. Yeah, I'm not too worried about him. I think it was a lot of the Bucks, and and honestly, like Minnesota had to try and stay in this game. I mean, you know, they had to pass a lot. Jefferson yeah. had a monster game. Um, you know, Addison, Addison caught the really touchdown, good. had a nice yeah. game, looked good. Madison did score, so you know he salvaged a good day out of it. Uh, still, even with the only 11 carries, he's still going to get the goal line work. Excuse me. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Honestly, if I was gonna be worried about anything in this game as far as running backs go, I know a lot of people say volume is key and all that stuff, but it's Rashad White. I mean, he had 17 carries for 39 yards. Um against an uh, really the, the Vikings defense is nowhere near what the Bucks defense is. I that worries me more. I know volume is king, but that's gotta be a little worrisome. Well, it definitely does when, you know, I mean, Sean Tucker didn't do a lot either, but he is there. He did make the team. He did work himself to the RB2 spot. So he's definitely the biggest threat to take carries away from Rashad White. I don't think that'll happen next week. So I think you probably still have some time on Sean Tucker, and I wouldn't make him a waiver priority this week. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on though. Cause if he does start to get more touches and he is more efficient than Rashad white, I mean, Zach called it. Zach said Rashad white wasn't any good. Um, maybe he's right. Maybe it was just a bad week. Um, but yeah, with the volume Rashad white's getting, you'd expect him to be doing more. And he did have a lot of hype in the off season. So this was some, this was a disappointing game for sure. Uh, I'd still, you know, I'd hold on if he's your RB three or four or whatever, which he probably is because you were getting him a little later in drafts. Like it's okay. He can sit on your bench for another week and you can find out what happens there. I'm not going to run out to, to drop a Rashad white 
when he's seeing that kind of volume. So just see how things pan out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to skip through a few of these just because of like basically time, but um, okay. One I, wa- I do want to touch base on is the, the Najee and Warren story there. I know that game was way out of hand. Uh, the Niners defense destroyed them, but they had nine total carries. Like you don't help your offense at all. And and the fact that it was a six, three split, it was, that game was over fast. I I just think that the fact that they didn't even really have them involved early in the game was kind of interesting to me. Um, was that just basically the game was over and you can't use them? Is it, I'm not sure. I I don't know if it's going to be great for this Pittsburgh offense. It wasn't great last year. I don't know how much they've improved. They need Kenny Pickett to take a step forward. And now it didn't look like he did that this week, but the Niners defense is very, very good. So it you should definitely take this with a grain of salt and give them an opportunity to go forward. They play the Browns, I believe, this upcoming week. It's not an easy matchup. Um, but if they can get things going a little more against the Browns, then I think there's brighter days ahead. Uh, and even if they struggle against the Browns again, it's a really good defense. So I want to give them a little time. Um, I still think Najee and Warren, that split is something to pay attention to because if Najee's not seeing the volume that he saw in like his rookie year, it's going to be tough for him to hit those numbers where you're really happy with his fantasy performances. Um, so that's, you know, if, if they can't get points on the board and they're struggling the way that they did this game, it's not going to be pretty for Najee. It limits the touchdowns and, you know, Warren will be totally worthless unless this offense can figure it out. Yeah. Um, maybe he's part of that figuring it out. Excuse me. Um, cause he, you know, he does look a little more explosive than Najee, I think is what people notice is, you know, he just seems to, to, you know, be able to shake defenders and, and get things going. Najee's a little more of a wrecking ball, but, uh, you know, I think they can both have success if this offense can figure things out and that's going to be, that's going to depend on Kenny Pickett. So we'll, we'll give, well, I'll, I'll give him a pass for the Niners week and see how he does against the Browns. He needs to step it up a little against the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the other side. Uh, Brandon Ayuk though. And Debo, I mean, Debo was still involved and they had designs plays for him. I don't think Debo's out of the picture for these guys, but Ayuk certainly was, it seemed like one of the main targets for Purdy in this game. I've uh, I liked Ayuk more coming into the season. I've heard some stuff about how their splits seem to change when they face a, a defense that mostly plays man versus one that mostly plays zone. Uh, um, and so, you know, this was an Ayuk week. A lot of people who subscribe to kind of that idea of how they get used knew, you know, thought Ayuk would have a big week and did. Um, Debo was involved. Kittle was involved. CMC also had a big game. There's a lot of mouths to feed here. So, you know, there's going to be an odd man out here and there, even though they're putting up a lot of points. I think they'll continue to put up a lot of points. I think you're going to see games where Debo goes insane, just like Ayuk did this week. So I'm not freaking out on him. Um, but I do think Ayuk is just really good. And, uh, Can you start and them all. 
fits this off. I, I think so. I think you just kind of have to because it's going to be tough to know when it's a Debo or an Ayuk week, and you can look into the man zone thing and and what teams are expected to play and and how that shakes out. But honestly, I don't think it matters. I think I'd be playing Debo. I'd be playing Ayuk, and you're just you know, I mean, Debo didn't let you down in such a horrible way that he lost you your week most likely. So. Yeah, he didn't um, pull Higgins on you. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't have the greatest game. Everybody was involved. Um, he looked really good on his touches. So, um, and and this team loves loves that guy. So, and he's paid. So, yeah. I, I'd uh, I'd stick with Debo. I, I see you have a note here too about Ayuk and his dynasty rank. And I love Brandon Ayuk, but I'm a like long term. I don't know exactly what's going to happen because they're not going to be able to pay him. I don't think. Uh, you yeah, know. 41 million in cap space next year. Yeah, but they just spent money on, um, on, uh, Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. But they have, just... they have 41 million after the Bosa signing. I know, but they're going to have other players they got to pay as well. Yeah. Uh, they have an expensive team. They're going to have to pay guys. I don't know if they're going to be able to pay Ayuk. If they can, great. And to the moon for Ayuk. Like, I think he's probably a top. 10-ish dynasty wide receiver. At least they have literally one of the cheapest quarterbacks in the league. A seventh round, second year player. I think he makes under a million dollars a season. Yeah. Which is crazy. And he, I mean, he's playing great. We were talking about it. We were hanging out uh, Sunday watching football together, talking about how good he looks, you know, for being a seventh round, seventh round dude. So um, what about uh, uh, Brian Robinson? I mean, he basically was was the dude there. Like he was the guy. Uh, you know what? Uh, Gibson fumbled. Um, I believe didn't really have that great of a game. Um, it was all. I think, I think after the fumble, Gibson had one catch, and that was it. Yeah. So I don't know if this was just punishment for the fumbling, but he's had fumbling issues, and I am worried about Gibson, and I'm really like Brian Robinson after this performance. Like he didn't do anything all that special, but we've seen him have success in the past. And if he's going to get that much work, then I, you know, I, I just, I like him. I think they're going to be able to find a way you like Sam Howell. Um, so he's going to need somebody oh, to dump it Sam off to there. So I, yeah, I like Brian Robinson. I think maybe he's a, he might even be a trade for target. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, you know, he went really late in a lot of drafts. And I mean, 19 carries. Yeah, he only had 59 yards, but 19 carries, you know, plus, you know, he had one reception, two targets. Like if Gibson isn't going to be involved, you know, in this and Brian Robinson's getting, you know, 17 to 20 carries a game, that's that's big. I mean, that's something you just you kind of always try and target in fantasy is you want that main RB one guy, you know, to, to have. So you can't, can't go wrong there. Who would so. you rather have Najee or Brian Robinson? <laughs> I never thought that'd be that hard of a question, honestly. <laughs> um, probably. And. <laughs> It's Najee wow. still. It's it not, is, but it's, it's Najee still, but it's closer than it should be. 
it is a lot closer than it should be only because I do think as time goes on, if, if Warren has that blow up game, if he starts, you know, he gets a, a few dump off passes or those runs, he could really eat into Najee's, you know, playing time. And I don't know how much of a threat Gibson currently is granted he could come back and have a he had a great you know preseason he could come back and be something too but i think it's closer than it should be it, it really is um it, it honestly draft capital wise i would much rather have a eighth or ninth round brian robinson maybe even 10th round Brian Robinson versus a third round Najee Harris. Yeah. Um, you know, and in our keeper league, a second round Najee Harris, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that, yeah, I can say that, I guess. Um, so kind of interesting there, but good, good question on that one. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about DJ Moore um, and just really the bears in general, you know, Mooney kind of led, the team in targets still had that connection there. Uh, DJ Moore only had two targets. Was that, do you think that was with the defense, you know, kind of looking at DJ Moore or do you think this is something that could, can continue going forward? I'm concerned about DJ Moore for the same reasons I'm concerned about Drake London. There's not a lot of passing volume there and the quarterback play is suspect at best. Um, so they were 20, he had 20 or 37 attempts, 24 or 37. I just feels through it 37 times, but Mooney was Mooney was four for 53 and Komet was five for 44. And then the rest were kind of dump off passes, you know, Roshan six for 35, Khalil Herbert three for 37. And then yeah. it was just, you know, DJ Moore had the, the two targets for only 25 yards. That's, that's rough. A um, lot of dump offs, a lot of short passes, not a lot of downfield and, uh, you know, not a lot in the middle, which is where DJ Moore really, you know, does his damage. So I, I expect the volume to increase. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as Drake London's. I don't think it's going to be it, certainly not, you know, two targets a game bad, but it, it, it's still concerning. Um, that's going to be a team that, they're trying to figure things out with fields and they're going to let him throw a little bit, but he takes off and runs a lot too. Like, you know, he, a lot of his dropbacks turn into scrambles. And so it, it's just, I, I haven't believed in DJ more the last couple of years. The offenses he he's been on have been so bad. And I don't think this bears offense is going to be very good. I think fields is still a fine play as a fantasy quarterback because of the running. But as far as, owning Chicago wide receivers. I'm just not all that interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then AJ Dillon, man, a uh, terrible day. Like, is that just something we have to look forward to or what? I mean, what was that? 13 carries for 19 yards. Yeah, it wasn't good. I don't think he's that good. Um, and he looked, uh, Josh and I were talking about it and he looked like his hands were made of stone when he was trying to catch the ball. So um, I don't, yeah, uh, no, no for me on AJ Dillon. I uh, really hope that uh, Aaron Jones feels better and is able to play this week because I think even with the volume, AJ Dillon's not going to do what people thought he, you know, earlier in his career that he was going to be able to do, be like kind of a, a a mini Derrick Henry almost. You know, he's just he's not that guy. So, um, yeah. 
yeah, give me give me Aaron Jones in the backfield there, and I think AJ Dillon you can probably drop. Mm-hmm. So this uh, guy, as long as as long as Aaron Jones is healthy, yes, uh, you know, hold keep an on, eye on that. keep an eye on that. But as long if Aaron Jones is healthy, I don't think AJ AJ Dillon's really worth owning. He's he's kind of a roster clog of just like, will Aaron Jones get hurt or not? Because you're not mm-hmm. going to play him otherwise. Yeah. So this guy right here is on your team. Uh, massive day. Jacoby Myers, 10 targets. Let's get uh, it. Was getting targeted like crazy in the red zone. Um, I think part of this, I, I'm not taking away from him, but I think part of this was to having um, Sertan on Adams, you know, quite a bit when he wasn't playing in the slot. Um, it, but it opened Jacoby up a lot. Uh, oh, tied it up. <laughs> Sorry, they? they just tied it up two seconds left on a field goal. We are going to overtime and Matt going to overtime. Um, but I mean, still, I mean, he's in concussion protocol though, so you know, that was a, a pretty nasty hit that he took. Uh, was. Thankfully, he was okay, able to get up. Um, but I mean, still can't go wrong with 10 targets. I mean, is that something you're just going to keep an eye on before you throw him back into your lineup or, or before you throw him into your lineup or, you know, kind of what do you, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Jacoby? This is your boy. This is your team. All right. Here's my thoughts on Jacoby. I love the targets. I love that he's playing across from Devonte Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league where the, the, you know, defense is obviously going to be focused there and on last year's leading rusher, Josh Jacobs. How do you not focus on those two things? Jacoby Myers is an afterthought compared to those two guys. The problem is that afterthought is good at football. Jacoby Myers was good at football previous to this, and Jacoby Myers is still good at football, and Jimmy G is a, you know, he's a quarterback. He He's an NFL quarterback. He's um, a top 30 quarterback. He can throw the ball. <laughs> he can throw the ball to wide receivers. He's better than Zach Wilson. I will, I'll give him that for sure. Um, so Jacoby Meyer, like he's supported weapons before. He did in San Francisco with Debo, Ayuk, uh, you know, um, they had different running backs back then. Mostert, I mean, he got it done with these guys. So uh, Jacoby Myers is going to get targets. There's going to be games where Adams just dominates and Jacoby Myers isn't all that involved. But uh, as the clear cut too for a team with a decent quarterback who like they're going to like, They've had a good offense, even the last few years when they, the years they've been bad, it's because their defense is terrible. It's not because the offense can't do anything. I mean, there's been incompetent play calling and we were still able to move the ball. So uh, I expect Jacoby Myers is going to be a pretty good player to have. And because of the injury, you may be able to scoop him up for free after waivers run and then throw him in your IR for a week and grab somebody else for free off waivers too and hang on to him as a stash and you'd be able to play him probably as you know like a wide receiver three for your flex spot or or in uh in three wide receiver leagues um you know in in any favorable matchups for sure or especially any matchups where uh you know it's not a shutdown defense but maybe they have one good corner and you're concerned that that good corner is going to shadow adams well that's perfect that means jacoby myers is going to see double digit targets probably. So mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be a lot of times this year where you feel comfortable playing Jacoby Myers and he's probably going to come through for you. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. 
Um, all right. Uh, talk a little bit about Javante Williams on the other side. I mean, you know, he had a, a, they didn't really let him play the full, you know, game. They did have him on a snap count, but he still had 13 carries and he had six targets. Um, didn't do a lot with the targets because most of them were behind the line of scrimmage while Crosby was barreling down on Wilson. <laughs> but, um, you know, I still like the idea. I mean, the running backs in general had 10 targets together. Um, you know, P. Ryan had four for 37. Uh, Javante only had four receptions, but it was for five yards. But it's still nice to kind of see the running backs getting involved. It is that kind of Sean Payton offense. Um you know, I, I, that I like to see, but for Javante, the six targets is what I love. It's really encouraging because when we saw him previously and he was healthy, part of the way that he was holding his fantasy value was through, uh, the receptions. I mean, he had a game, I think last year prior to the injury where he had 10 receptions. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I want to see is him getting back to that. Um, you know, it's a miracle that he's on the field this early after that injury that he suffered. So he looked really good. I'm super stoked for the guy. I look for the volume to increase over time, um, while they just kind of ramp him up. So all of this stuff's really encouraging. And all you want to see from Javante is just continued like improvement and that he continues to look good. Uh, I'm really happy with him if I'm a Javante owner anywhere. So, yeah. Um, but I don't, your offense still sucks. Yeah, we get 16 points. <laughs> oh, we have 16 points. Let's miss the field goal. Let's miss the extra point. <laughs> Can't get 17. Week one last year, we scored 16. Week one this year, we scored 16. Lost 17, 16 both weeks. Brutal. But it's even more brutal because the defense was great. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, our second corner struggled big time, especially against Jacoby. But like to hold Jacobs to 48 yards on 19 carries is that's yeah. big. Yeah. You know, that is that's a huge day like that should theoretically be a day where we just we were without the big playmakers. I mean, I think Judy, they need Judy. Um, I think Judy will play a big. It showed me that Judy will play a bigger role in this team than I thought before going in. But I think they need that playmaking ability. Um, I don't like that Troutman is, I know Dulcich got hurt. That is something to keep an eye on as well, but like Troutman just doesn't have the same thing that Dulcich does. Um, you know, Troutman had a chance for a first down late in that game and he was slow and it, it shows and that, that really hurts an offense and that's going to hurt the whole offense for you to start a lot of these players as fantasy players too. Like if you've only, you're only getting six to seven possessions a game that hurts, um, you know, so you got to move the ball a little bit faster. And it's just, that was kind of what I took away. I mean, overall though, I was, I was happy with how the defense played. I mean, they played good against Josh Jacobs and that's something to kind of keep an eye on. You know, we talked about Brian Robinson. He has to go against Denver's defense next week. You know, um, that is kind of a worry for me for Brian Robinson next week, but Overall, I, I like Brian Robinson in general. So, Well, the nice part with Brian Robinson is you got him so late, you probably don't have to start him next week against Denver's D if you're worried about it. You yeah. you know, you may you may have to if you're a Dobbins owner. Um, yeah. And in that case, that's fine. And and hopefully we'll put out another episode this week where maybe we discuss some start-sit decisions and things like that. But 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hop over to the, the waiver pickups here. Um, Cause we'll touch base on a little bit of the stuff that we had down toward the end on the waiver pickups. So, uh, well, just uh, one more mention though, Dallas defense, yeah. that's for real, right? Um, yeah. Does yeah. that mean that the giants offense might be better than what it looked like in that game? Cause it looked basically non-existent, like a little bit of Waller, a little bit of Saquon and a whole lot of nothing. I still think that's what it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be Waller and Saquon and nothing else, but I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last night. Like that was just atrocious to watch yeah, uh hideous it, football. it was so bad hopefully it's better than that going forward um i don't want to say that they're going to be better but i they can't be that bad again All right. until they play the cowboys again <laughs> um so but the cowboys are their defense is the leading fantasy scorer right now <laughs> so no tyreek uh, no uh yeah, I, I'm depends pretty... on scoring, but Tyreek put yeah. up over forty. Tyreek went for like forty four in full in full PPR. Yeah, but in our half uh, PPR league, um, right now it's the uh, Cowboys defense. Oh, that's one. gross. Yeah, yeah. They I lost two leagues because of them. So <laughs> yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Daniel Jones. Let's see. Let's do week. I'm gonna check here. Week one. Half PPR. Yeah, Cowboys are 39.5. Tyreek Hill was 39 in half PPR. All right. That's that's disgusting. That is absolutely what disgusting. What just happened? Uh, Jets the Jets just won. And they win. On another turnover. Did they block the punt or something? It was fourth and 12, and I didn't see what I just missed it. No way. It was on the return from the punt. <laughs> wow wild jets win losing aaron Rodgers, and the lights go out <laughs> that's absolutely insane um all right let's talk about so uh yeah so we talked about quarterbacks Tua. obviously we touched base a little bit on him earlier um you know, has a tough matchup with New England, but anytime you have Tyreek Hill and Waddle on your team, you basically have a chance to still be a top 10 quarterback. Um, so, you know, he's a great look at in, in single quarterback leagues as a streaming option um, for you. Uh, another one is uh, Jordan Love. You know, he looked, he looked good. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think about, is there any other quarterbacks you really think of? What do you think of Jordan Love and Tua? Uh, yeah, I like Tua. I like Jordan Love. I think they're both probably pickups. Uh, if you're hurting at quarterback, uh, maybe you lost Aaron Rodgers. Tua might not be out there in some deeper leagues. Uh, Jordan Love is interesting. I thought he played really well. The only other quarterback who had a really big week kind of out of nowhere was Mac Jones. Do you have any expectations <laughs> no. that that'll continue? All right. Cool, Negative. cool. Me either. <laughs> no, I, I'd much rather available. have Love. He's available in my super flex league. Dude, grab him. And I have to pick him up because I lost Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, in super flex, none of these guys are probably available. And if they are, absolutely go get them. Yeah, like quarterbacks have, are hard to come by and starting quarterbacks are impossible to come by. Yeah, so. I have no choice. But um, let's get into some wide receivers because there's quite a few to talk about. Um, 
both uh, Puka Nakua. Woo, Puka! And, and Tutu Atwell. Puka Nukum, uh, as I like to call him. Insane. Um, I think he set a record for most <laughs> rookie wide all, receivers targets. On the ballers, somebody submitted to them the nickname. Uh, did you hear that? Um, uh-uh. <laughs> Poo Koopa Cup Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he he slotted right into that Cooper Cup role. Like yeah, he did. 100%. I mean, is he for you? Well, Cup is out. Is he a top fifteen wide receiver? I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I I don't see how you bench him. I would. Yeah, I, mean, I would play him if your wide receivers are stacked. Then you know maybe you just uh, maybe you just maybe you try and trade him. him. Nobody maybe, else can get him. Maybe you try and trade him to improve at another position if you really feel stacked at wide receiver. But he might be the truth, dude. He might be. He could be awesome. They need somebody yeah. there. Uh, Tutu Atwell played admirably and I think is a pickup in deep leagues. Um, you know, yeah. especially if you can start four or five wide receivers, I think Tutu Atwell is worth owning. Um, but Puka Nakua, you got to get everywhere. He's he's number one at the wide receiver position for sure. Definitely. 100%. Um, how much fab would you spend on him? Mm, I'd go... I wouldn't go into the... Th- 30s but i'd probably go into the 20s pretty comfortably 20 percent, yeah. 20 to 25 percent. 20 to 25 percent. if you yeah. need a wide receiver for sure um yeah. you know and maybe there's not a lot of teams out there that feel that wide receiver needy right now but look at your team and if you have like some older guys who you kind of worry about if you're playing uh michael thomas or mike evans or some of these guys go get puka nakua add some youth to that wide receiver core that you got with a guy who you know, maybe it's just his body will hold up better over the course of the year. And maybe this is a guy that you can play every week. So, uh, I love Puka Nakua. I and have a dynasty roster. I'm a huge fan. Go Puka. We're all speculating on when Cup will even come back, too. I mean, yeah, everyone says week five, but you don't really know. So, it's worth it to stash a guy that has the potential to fill that role most of the year, especially. You know, and an offense that honestly surprised me. Uh, the way they played against Seattle really surprised me. Without <laughs> Cup and and even if Cup comes back Week Five, we've already seen the talent. Like this guy went for a hundred yards in his first NFL game, so he's not a slouch. He's going to be good. Uh, he very well could play along, you know, a complimentary role alongside Cooper Cup and be just fine for fantasy. So, yeah, uh, you know, Stafford looked good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I love Puka Nakua. Um, someone I wanted to touch base on, uh, we don't know what's going on with Deontay Johnson yet. I haven't heard the extent or how long he'll be out, but depending on how long it'll be, someone to keep an eye on is Calvin Austin. Um, I know once he went out, he got a little bit more involved in the game. He had six receptions, I believe. Yeah, six receptions on six targets. You know, he could slot in on a PPR, a full PPR team, and be pretty decent for you, you know, depending on how long Deontay is going to be out. So it's just someone to keep an eye on. I wouldn't spend a ton of fab on him, if no. really any fab. No. Um, and my concern there is just that, you know, the, the Steelers offense didn't look great. Again, we're going to give them a pass because of the uh, the Niners defense and how good that was. But um, it'd be 
if Deontay's out, I'm a little more excited to start George Pickens, but I don't know how much beyond that I want to go. Obviously, you can probably still start Fryermuth. He caught a touchdown. Uh, he's a good tight end. Um, and but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Honestly, this offense if, looked if rough. Thompson's so. out. I think, I think Fryermuth benefits the most. Probably, probably. Yeah. It doesn't, so. you know, and it doesn't mean in a, in a deeper league, absolutely. Calvin Austin, I think, is worth a pickup, and you can probably get him pretty cheap, and uh, you can probably throw him in as your wide receiver four or five in a deeper league. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Bourne uh, came out of nowhere. Uh, wide receiver one for uh, the New England. I mean, did you <laughs> see that coming? No. I was going to say the Patriots. It came out the New England. So the New you know, England. Gonna... The the yeah. hard part about this one is is this Sammy Watkins in Week One for the Chiefs, or is this um, uh, you know, Cordero Patterson Week One with the Falcons? Yeah. You know, what are you getting going forward? Because we've seen guys have huge Week Ones and do nothing, and we've seen guys have huge week ones and everybody go, I already know what that guy is and he's not that good and I don't want him. And then he, he was a running back. You could start the whole year. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, it's worth a shot. Do not go blow a bunch of fab. If you want to no, go put in, now, if you want to go put in 5% of your fab on Kendrick Bourne, because you believe, and you'd like to have him on your roster, that's fine. If you go out there and spend 15, 20% on Kendrick Bourne, you are probably throwing that money away. So just temper expectations. Know that, you know, this could have easily just been how the Patriots game planned this with the uncertainty with Juju and stuff. And there's just no guarantee that this continues forward. They like to use the tight ends a lot. You got Hunter Henry there, had a good game. Uh, you know, you they added... Uh, the tight end from the Dolphins in the offseason. Um, uh, I can't think of his name, but, um, you know, they've they've just got other weapons there. Ramondre didn't have that great of a game until he caught a pass late and broke it pretty long. And I think you're going to see him be a lot more involved. So I just don't know what's going to happen there. And the offense isn't phenomenal by any means. So I, 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 I don't want to spend up on him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. Um... Uh, Rashid Shahid, this guy still stays involved. I didn't even think he was going to play week one. Um, I, from what I had read and I, I had heard, I, I thought he was going to be out week one. Um, but I mean, he came back, he played, uh, 54% of snaps played pretty well, uh, had six targets, caught five of them for 89 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty good day for him. I mean, do you think that's just a, a one week thing or no? No, he's he's actually good at football. Um, yeah. Rashid Shahid, he's, you know, he was a rookie last year, if I'm not mistaken. And his his, uh, you know, targets per route run and and yards per route run, all those all those uh, measurables that we love to talk about in the fantasy community. They're great. They're fantastic. And so there's a lot of target competition there. And especially once uh, once. uh I'm, I love it. No, no. Uh, running Carr. back, Jamal Williams, Kamara, Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Once Alvin okay. Kamara returns, <laughs> is what I was trying to say. You're gonna have even more target competition. I I don't know why these names are just falling out of my head right now. Um, 
But once Alvin Kamara returns, there's even more target competition. But you also got to, you know, you look at the roster. Mark, Michael Thomas has been banged up for years. We know, he, he had a great game, and I love, I, I think it's great that you can start Michael Thomas. And I think you probably can start him as long as he stays healthy. But that is just not what's happened the last few years. And Rashid Shahid was able to command targets, even with Michael Thomas on the field, even with Chris Olave out there. Um, you know, they didn't all just come when Olave was a little banged up and left the field for a short time. He did return and I think he's good to go. And I, I don't think it matters. I think Shahid's going to continue to demand targets and he's a good player. So I, he also I, had two carries. Yeah. For 11 yards. Yeah. They want yeah. to involve him. And I think you'll see the snap percentage go up a little bit. Um, having, you know, three wide receivers that you can kind of play and rotate through, you know, all three guys can play a little in the slot, a little on the outside. And so I don't think they really have anybody like specifically designated to those, to those areas. I think they're going to move them around a lot. And, um, I, I just, I think Shahid's going to continue to be a good player. So you're going to see ups and downs like you will with all wide receivers, but at the end of the day, he's good and he's going to get targets when he's out there. So I like him. Agreed. Um, we talked about uh, Jacoby Myers. He's probably owned in most leagues, but if you're in a, a shallower league, there, there's a chance that he's still available. Um, Romeo Dobbs again. I mean, he had a he had a great day. Uh, was the one of the primary targets for Jordan Love. You know, the game eventually got out of hand, and it ended up you know being a little bit more you know, Musgrave and, you know, things like that. But he had five targets, caught four of them for 26 yards, two touchdowns. But I think the bigger takeaway here was just his involvement in the red zone, um, considering some of the options that they have there. I think when Christian Watson comes back, he is going to end up being the primary target. That's my guess. But Dobbs is showing that he still can have that involvement in this offense. And there there is a chance that he is available in quite a few year leagues. And I would... I would pay a decent amount to have him in fab um, just because we don't know when Watson comes back, what he's going to be. All right. And we got a couple, I I agree. We got a couple more names here at wide receiver. And I'd just like to know how you would order some of these guys. So we also threw Zay Jones on here, I think is more of a deeper league uh, player, but if he's going to end up continuing to run ahead of Christian Kirk, he's a good player to own. Jordan Addison looked awesome in his debut, and um, he might be out there in some more shallow leagues. He's probably owned in deeper leagues and definitely owned in all dynasty leagues, but in a shallow format, go look for him. And Nico Collins, Darnell Mooney, kind of the the bottom of the barrel there in, you know, they might be Nico Collins might be available in some deeper leagues. Darnell Mooney's probably owned in deeper leagues and probably not worth it in, uh, in more shallow leagues. But um, how, you know, how would you order some of these main guys like Puka Nakua, Rashid Shahid, Jacoby Myers, Romeo Dobbs, I think are probably the four on here that are most relevant. And, um, you know, I would probably go, Puka, uh, uh, probably Myers, Dobbs, Shahid. Okay, I think I'd go Puka, Myers, Shahid, Dobbs, because I don't know what it's going to look like when Christian Kirk comes back. Christian Watson or Christian Watson comes back. That's what I mean. Yes. So, so yeah, I think I'd put Dobbs at the bottom. If you needed a wide receiver for this week and Christian Kirk, I don't know, or Christian Watson, gosh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if he'll be back. He, uh, you know, uh, he was 
ruled out pretty early ahead of this week. So I don't know if he'll be back for week two or not, but um, I'd, I'd rather play Dobbs this week. If there's no Christian Watson, than obviously Jacoby Myers with the injury and probably more than Rashid Shahid. Okay. So if you're, if you're just looking at the, at the one week picture, Dobbs is I think the way to go. But I think if you're looking for a guy who may stay on your roster the whole year, I'd like Myers and then Shahid and then Dobbs. Okay, so you would go... But Puka number one, baby. <laughs> 20, 20 to 25% on Puka. And then where would you go with like Shahid, Myers, and Dobbs? Those I'm probably looking in the like um, around the 10% range. Yeah, ten to, I... 10 to 15% for Shahid and Jacoby for me. If you're going to... If that's your primary target as a wide receiver, I would go 10 to 15 on Shahid and Jacoby. Yeah, if you really need um, a wide receiver, absolutely. 10 to 15 what yeah. I'm probably going to do in leagues where I don't need a wide receiver is I'll put a, a bigger bid in on Puka and then I'll put a couple smaller bids like, you know, in that five to 10 range on all of these guys. Um, and just you you know, get see. one, you get one. Exactly. If I get one, yeah. I get one. If not, you know, no big deal. And then maybe, maybe put out some $1 bids on some of these other guys, Zay Jones or Kendrick Bourne or Calvin Austin or some of these guys. Yeah. If, if I have a roster spot and I want to see if they hit, just throw out a $1 bid. Um, that way, if I don't get a Puka or, or a Jacoby Myers or somebody, I, I, I can still get somebody to be a little excited about, but. Yeah, most of these guys. So we're going to jump into the running back spot. Most of these guys are probably owned in a lot of leagues just because of the scarcity of the running back position. So a lot of the backups are kind of already owned. But let's let's touch base on a few of them. One that might not be owned in a lot of a lot of leagues is Kyron Williams. Um, and he significantly outsnapped Cam Akers this week. Yeah, um, he's this was a huge difference. You know, how much fab would you spend on him? Because he's looked like the RB one got two touchdowns against a pretty good Seattle defense too. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, if I need a running back, I'd, I'd go 30% on Kyron Williams at least. I mean, it, it looks like he could be the starter for the entire season. Cam Akers didn't look good in the work he got. He got a touchdown that bailed him out. And so like, if you have Cam Akers and you can move him now, maybe the only time you can, because if I, if I lost Dobbins, if I was the yeah, Dobbins owner, exactly. I might go higher than even 30% uh, on Kyle. If I lost Dobbins and I really need a running back that bad, yeah, I may go 40, 50% of my budget. That's exactly. I would do the same thing. Yep. How um, I, I, the next two maybe are probably owned in more leagues Raheem Mostert, Tyler Algier. They might be available in deeper leagues, but Kenneth Gainwell, I think, is out there on a lot of waivers and he was the clear running back one for the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, how do you feel about Kenneth Gainwell? Do you like him more or less than Kyron Williams? And where's your budget on him? I like him less than Kyron Williams only because of the way the offense kind of runs. Um, you know, Hertz is going to run the ball quite a bit more. Uh, yes, he was the clear back and, and they do have a good offensive line and I like that, but I I liked the usage and the way Kyron is going to be used in the offense um, and the the red zone usage more for Kyron than I do for Gainwell. I just feel like Hertz is going to be that vulture more. He also has some serious weapons in the red zone in AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. Um, I, I just kind of like that option of Kyron Williams a little bit more, but I, I do think Gainwell is someone that should be owned. I'm probably personally 
if you need a running back, obviously you're more, but I'm in the 10 to 15% range for, for Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Um, I think I'd be a little higher for Gainwell. If I need a running back, maybe 15 to 20%. I'm not as high as Kyron Williams. Uh, I agree with the usage and Sean McVay really likes to use one running back and really feature him. So I think Kyron Williams is going to get a ton of work this year. Uh, whereas Gainwell, the Eagles, what we've seen them do is like game plan for specific running backs, and you kind of never know. And I would not be shocked if Gainwell only had maybe five to ten touches in the next game and they utilized, you know, um, Rashad Penny, who was a, a healthy scratch this week uh, as the feature back next week. Because they're just, yeah, you just never know. <laughs> yeah, they really like to mix things up that way. And so it's hard to trust a running back there. I think Gainwell looked really good though. So I'd like to have him on some teams and I would probably spend a little bit of fab on any team where I need a running back. Or if I lost JK Dobbins, I'm certainly spending up on one of these guys. If Mostert's available, I would go with Mostert over Kyron Williams. So. Um, yeah, the offense is probably a lot better. I think I would also go Mostert over Kyron yeah. Williams but I would go Kyron over Algier. Uh, but in a league where Raheem Mostert is available, if it's that deep, like, you know, if all these guys are out there on the waiver wire because it's it's a, a shallow league and and there's a lot of guys out there, then then I'm not, I'm not coming anywhere near 50% of my budget for any no. of these guys. I'm probably putting closer to a 20, 25% bid on all of them and see who I get. Yeah, agreed. Um, so with the Dobbins injury news, there's likely, you know, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon. We, we have no idea who's going to be the running back. You can take a shot on which of the three you think it's going to be. And I personally, I would, I would put a really low fab bid on, on any of the three. I don't know who it's going to be. Justice Hill did get the touchdowns. Gus Edwards has always been the backup for Dobbins. And then you throw in Melvin Gordon, who is the ghost of Melvin Gordon. So who knows? But, you know, I, I don't I, where would you go with that? I mean, are you placing a bit on any of them or who would you trust uh, in a deep league where I need a running back? I guess I'm maybe putting a couple dollars, out, you know, a dollar, one to five somewhere in there. But yeah. I don't I'm, I'm not excited about any of these guys. I think we're going to see all three of them worked in. They just called Melvin Gordon up from the practice squad. So he's going to get worked in. Uh, and there's definitely a possibility that they sign a guy like a Leonard Fournette or a Kareem Hunt or something. Or there's been rumors definitely. that they might explore trades with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Those are not rumors from the Ravens or from the Colts. Those are all speculative, to be clear. So that's that's just you know some of the word going around on on twitter and, and on the radio with with analysts and stuff so that's just basically why i wouldn't spend a lot yeah. on any of these guys because you never know next week you know kareem hunt or leonard fournette could be the lead back and then you just spent a bunch of fab on a guy that is going to get replaced I trust think, me i did that yeah. last year on elijah mitchell and then cmc got traded there in the next week yeah. so yeah, it's painful. I think I like all these l later guys that we have ahead of any of those guys for the Ravens. Uh, you know, Josh Kelly here, he looked great. And with the Austin Eckler ankle injury, and we don't really know much about that. I think he's a great ad and it looks like they're going to run a ton. So he might be a standalone value anyways, as like a flex or an RB2 in a pinch. And then, uh, you know, possibly one of the best handcuffs in all of football. So um Definitely. kelly kelly's a great own um 
Ty J Spears uh, is, you know, obviously a good backup uh, being, being there getting work. He had more snaps than Derrick Henry. Everybody's making a big deal out of it. But when you look at the touches, it was all Derrick Henry and he did all the work. Um, but Ty J Spears showed some explosiveness and looked like he's a good player in his own right. Uh, certainly not Derrick Henry, you know, but he's, uh, he's a good player and he, he could play a role and, and potentially, uh, potentially have some standalone value later in the year as the season goes on. These rookies always get worked in slowly. So, um, you know, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby, kind of the same deal. They're getting worked in as rookies. They looked good so far. So they're a speculative ad. If you've got a spot later on your bench, um, they may be owned in some deeper leagues. They're probably out there. And you can probably get them for cheap or free in in uh, shallow leagues. So, you know, if you have a, a roster spot, you've already got good running backs and you're just looking for some depth or a guy who who you want to take an upside shot on who might work out later. These are, you know, Ty J. Spears, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby. Those are good names to look for. And Jalen Warren as well, although the offensive woes scare me a little bit there. I think I'd go, you know, Tank Bigsby or Ty J. Spears as my favorites of those of the group. Yeah, uh, for me, it would go, yeah, like in that lower tier there, uh, you know, Josh Kelly, probably Josh uh, Kelly first over any of those guys. Yeah, Josh Kelly, probably Roshan, actually, for me, then Tank, then Warren, or actually, I forgot Tajay. So probably Kelly, Tank, Tajay, and then Roshan and Warren's last for me. Okay, yeah, it's probably the same for me. Josh Kelly, Tank Bigsby, Ty J Spears, Roshan Johnson, Jalen Warren. I'd do, I'd go that order. Tank's touchdown run was amazing, dude. He yeah. just monster. And I like all um, those guys over Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, but I like all those guys significantly less than Gainwell, Tyler Algier, Raheem Mostert, and Kyron Williams. Those those are yep. the guys to prioritize for sure. And then just someone to keep an eye on uh, the tight end position. Uh, Luke Musgrave, um, you know, that's, uh, he played 94% of snaps. He was out there a ton. I just, it's someone to monitor. I wouldn't necessarily like drop someone right now to pick him up. Um, you know, if the, one of the tight ends misses again next week, they could be questionable at Waller, you know, Kelsey Adams or Andrews, you know, you never know. Oh God, Um, dude. Yeah, we did get the news on Rogers. Uh, I mean, not exactly, but Robert Sala says MRI is going to confirm what we think is already going to happen, but it's not good. Yeah. So that's the quote from from head coach of the Jets, Robert Sala. It sounds like it's not going to be good news for Aaron Rodgers. Um, possible season ending Achilles tear. Yeah. So that's that's awful. Um and Zach Brutal. Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So for with him. that in mind, uh, I mean, let's cover this real quick. So people have this, you know, as they're going into waiver wires, you know, where are you at with Garrett Wilson? Where are you at with the running backs for the Jets? Um, and, how, you know, how much does this Rogers news affect their uh, outlook for the season? Obviously, it's going to have a pretty major effect on that offense as a whole. So. To me, it affects the wide receivers more in Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he caught a touchdown tonight, but the season long for him still worries me a little bit. I don't think that it takes him down too far in my rankings, but it's going to bring him down a little bit in my rankings. Um, But I think this is a big boost for 
both Dalvin Cook and for Brees Hall. Um, uh, more Dalvin Cook right now while they're still ramping Brees Hall up, but we saw what his ability is. And later on in the season, when he starts getting more carries, more reps, more receptions, the receptions are going to be there now for him because Wilson will dump the ball off. And I think this is bigger for him. Um, I'm not worried about Garrett Wilson, though. He's still special, but it definitely – it has to, he has to take somewhat of a hit um, just, just because of what we've seen in the past. Yeah. This is going to make me shy away from any jets outside of those two running backs, Dalvin cook, Brees hall. I think they're going to, at least right now, it looks like you can play them both. Um, I think as we get later and later in the season, you're going to see more and more work for Brees hall, but uh, Dalvin is still a good player and they may, they may have enough of a split that you can play them both. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how much of a hit the offense takes. They both looked pretty good in this game. I agree with you that I'm not all that worried about Garrett Wilson. He had his phenomenal rookie season last year with terrible quarterback play. Zach Wilson for part of it, Mike white for other parts. It was a carousel at QB. He still got it done. Uh, he's a great player. So, he, you know, and some of these guys can do it despite bad quarterback play. So I think Garrett Wilson's probably the only receiving option I'm interested in at all, though, with the Jets. If, you know, with if this is the case, if Rodgers is going to miss the whole season, it's Garrett Wilson and nobody else. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's all a right. sour note to end the show on. It is. It's rough, but, you know, got to got to do it. Got to do it. It's it's tough to hear, you know. Hopefully, hopefully he's, he's going to be okay. And hopefully it's not a, you know, a career ender. I know you, you know, you talked retiring before and I just hope this isn't the last time we see him on the field, you know, don't want to see him go out like that. Yeah. Two snaps as a jet is, is not quite going to quench the thirst of most people. So hopefully we can get back out there hopefully sooner rather than later, but it's not looking good for this season. Yep. Um, well, you can find us on X or formerly Twitter, uh, at my, I'm at BCFF underscore Brandon. I'm at BCFF underscore Jordan and Zach is at BCFF underscore Zach. Uh, and our main Twitter account is, uh, what best coast FF best coast FF. Correct. Nice. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. A little bit longer episode, but had a lot to cover in this one with week one. A lot of games, a lot going on. So, you know, thank you, everybody. And uh, thank you, Jordan. It was a it was a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, thanks, brother. Happy to have football back and I'll uh, talk to you soon. Okay, everybody have a great night.